0: gone crazy. Fake news. Greetings of the day, Michelle.
1: (laughs) Greetings to you, Jordy. Do you know what? I know I just made a not very nice comment about about how fresh you're looking right now. Thanks. Yeah, I got that. But it looks,
0: you look like I look. Well, I look different.
1: Well, no, you. Because you
0: look like you, and I look like me.
1: No, but you normally look so polished, and today you just. Oh, you just look right. Rough it's a hangover and day. And I've actually. Thanks. got... You can't see this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Is that rude? <laughs> the
0: the compliment. The backhanded compliments just keep coming thick and fast, <laughs> Michelle.
1: No, you should be used <laughs> to them. No, but well, you can have a go at me about these I found in um in my my hair bag. Not a bag made of hair, but a bag where I keep my oh. hair stuff. A scrunchie. Yeah.
0: I I wear them all the time. Really? Yeah. And where?
1: And in public or Well,
0: I've lost it. Yeah, all the time. I've got two kind of silky ones. One's a, a peach colour, one's black, and I love them. I wear them all the time. Well apparently they're very good for your hair because yeah. they
1: don't um pull pull the roots of the hair too much. That's right, they Michelle. they out. So, yes, I've got a scrunchie. No in.
0: more bald patches
1: <laughs> for yeah, you. I
0: have a few of those, <laughs> I'm
1: sure.
0: Oh. No, well, so, Michelle, mm. the reason why I said greetings of the day is because I keep getting emails saying greetings of the day. From who? What is that about? I don't know. Different people, different places. What on earth does it mean? Greetings of the day. It's weird.
1: I don't know, but people keep doing... Weird sign-offs on emails, too. Are they experimenting, do you think, with
0: new things?
1: I don't know. There was one from a lot of Australians, actually, at the end. They say, kindest. Oh,
0: not best?
1: No, kindest. Kindest? Kindest. Not even like kind regards or best regards. Nothing. It's just kindest. I, I don't like it. don't like it. Don't it's like weird.
0: It. Yes.
1: Yeah, so greetings of the day to you then. Hello, Thanks, hello.
0: Michelle. I'll take those greetings. Thank you. Oh,
1: good. Well, I've got a little greeting, otherwise known as a shout-out, shout <laughs> to a a guy called...
0: I know who it is. It's Bass Robass. Robass. Bass. That is exactly Now, what he- how I remembered that was because he sounds like a hunting, shooting, fishing kind of guy. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He hunts deer and fishes for bass. He hunts rows. He's got, yeah. got a trucker's hat on. And how do we know about Roe Bass, Michelle? Because
1: on our latest UFOs episode, you know, we put it on YouTube and it's, it's basically just a picture of us. Lovely. With... Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you can listen to the audio on YouTube. And he had posted a comment and it basically started off by saying, feather-brained females clucking away.
0: <laughs> it's almost as good as Jeremy Ferris's ex- I know. descriptions of us. Two birds yakking. <laughs> Do you think he wanted us to take our tops off or something?
1: I don't know. I mean... I mean, it's kind of rude, but kind of funny because it's I was so I was laughing at it, and so anyway, he basically just went on to say how we got all
0: our facts wrong, particularly about Bob Lazar, and he. Well, you know, I said that in the episode, didn't I? We I said, did. "Please, I, I actually said to Paul Scott of Sydney, <laughs> do not regurgitate <laughs> any of these facts in, in inverted commas." That's exactly Bastardly. what I said.
1: Yes, but so anyway, he had listed all these helpful. Um, yeah. comments and then put a link to some Bob Lazar thing because apparently Bob Lazar, when you said dodgy Bob, he really is, according yeah. to Bass <laughs> So apparently there is all this mystery surrounding him and the murder of his second wife. Um, you know, well, he I didn't never, even know
0: that any That never no, even came up when no. I was investor Googling.
1: But, but get this, I just went back before this recording to go have a look at his comment. He's got, only gone and taken them down. Oh, he's removed his He's
0: comments. changed his mind. He's changed his tune. So, But didn't he say a few more awful things about females before signing off? I don't know what's happened to Robaz. Maybe he's had a change of
1: heart because I did send him a very nice message where I said, thank you so much. Um, we love getting comments and maybe you could be our unofficial researcher.
0: <laughs> Join the ranks of Al Tegett and Hannah Huggis. And Tamira? Disappeared. Aww. So bye-bye, Robass. Never mind. Bye, Robass. It was great what, having you while you were – I mean, what I didn't like was his comment that said disappointing females. Now, he could have just said disappointing yes. or disappointing people. Why do we have to be – are we disappointing to the female, you know, to the fem- all of f- femality?
1: Well, I mean, you're right. He could have even said feather-brained podcasters clucking away. Yeah. But he had to say yeah. females. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a bit sexist.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks, well, Robass. Thanks, Robas. Listen, I have a, a, a call and response here because you have been calling out to Al Teggett week after week. Where's Al Tegett? You keep saying Al Teggett! <laughs> Where is he? We need him because we keep getting our facts and figures wrong and we need Al Teggett. Now, a few weeks ago, we wrote we asked him to help us with a few words. He's gotten in touch, Michelle. And he has given us... Is it about moot? Yes, all about oh, the muts. yeah? About moot. So, gamut, as you Is it gamut or I say did, gamut? I gamut. I still say gamut. <laughs> run <laughs> the gamut. So, that means compete, scope or range. Compete, scope or range. I mean, I don't know which way I'm supposed to say that. That's that. Gammon. Why have we got gammon? I don't, I don't know. know. Street urchin. And gamine. Gamine. Attractively, attractively boyish. All right. Thanks so for that. So, that's
1: like... Oh, what's Rosemary's baby? She had a. a Yes, gammon hair. Gammon hair. Gammon.
0: Oh, God. How do you say these words? I would say gammon. But I get everything wrong.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right.
0: And gammon, a hind leg cut of bacon. Oh.
1: Okay. Did you not know that?
0: It's an old sheep. Yeah. Probably more than one year old. That is old, right?
1: Well, it's not a lamb. It's mutton.
0: Yes. So uh, I won't tell the story about gammon. It's pretty boring. Anyway, Um, mut. Hang on. Moot, moot, long oo like food, he says. Moot. Subject, to, yes, moosh, as you said. <laughs> moosh. Did you mean mursh? <laughs> yes. Subject to debate, irrelevant, raised for discussion. So it means a lot of things. Oh, a medieval assembly for debate, mock court. That's all moot. Okay. Right? Mock moose court. Moot point. Moose. A medieval assembly for yeah but it's not just a moot point it is no. also irrelevant and it is also a subject for debate or to raise for discussion like you mooted something with your sister last week didn't I you did. a medieval yeah anyway moot short or oh, as like foot in australia is a vagina
1: we knew this we knew it's a badge. We knew it's the V, Mort, the big V.
0: And a snippet from Trump's Twitter he sent us as well from 2019. Okay. He said on his Twitter account, now, now banned, said, Now the press is trying to sell the fact that I wanted a moot stuffed with alligators and snakes and an electrified fence with spikes on top at our southern border. So thank you. Uh, oh, hang on. He said, I may be tough on border security, but not that tough. The press has gone crazy. Big news. <laughs> oh, Trump, you're hilarious. <laughs> no. So thank you, Al Teggett, for getting in touch. We always love it. Yes. I mean, without Al, I would not know what a, f- a Baywit is. Yeah, that's true. He's he's given us a lot. It's a rich scene a lot. Of, of joy with Al. Another friend yes. has also given us some things. Oh, yes. Jez. Jez, two birds yakking, Jez. Jez, yeah? yes. Well, he was going to supply us with some fresh hashtags. Well. That's right. He did. So, after the frisky birds comment that he made on our social media, mm-hmm. he, we asked for him for more hashtags and he came through with this. I like Ninish tarts for Smoko. <laughs> now, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that. Perhaps he misunderstood what we mean by give us a hashtag. Yeah. Maybe it means something different in uh, colloquial Australian.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's go, let's go down, down behind the, the shed for a Smoko and a quick
0: hashtag. Do you think? Yeah. I don't
1: know. What's he talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good one. There you are. Sorry. Now, what was your info that you had to share?
1: Oh well, first of all, I just wanted to give a, a shout out to Neil because shout he, Neil the scientist because
0: I- Neil the scientist got a shout out last week, and they I was didn't. thinking about him oh. when we were when you were telling me all that horrific stuff that poor old Robuck or Robass was saying. Yeah. I was thinking, well, if Neil can handle each episode being so bereft of inf- of actual real facts, <laughs> surely Robas can handle it.
1: He likes listening because it is a little reminder of of my voice, which I'm not sure that that's <laughs> that's good because oh. I listen back sometimes and I think, God, I sound like a drip. What a dingling half the time. <laughs> what a feather brain what a feather brain two birds clucking two things before we get into this episode first of all again i may not have all my facts right because andreas just flipped off this info this morning when he was listening to swedish radio there was a news story about how this billionaires boys club with you know they're all like going into space the environmental impact of what these guys are doing is phenomenal. Apparently, just to even fire up the rocket—not even launch it, just to fire it up—is apparently well, the stop site. It. We don't need you to go into no. space. God, just but stop! But apparently, the, the equivalent of nearly 400 return flights from London to New York. So, oh, what a bunch! of I know, of dicks, and that's that's not even honestly. that's just firing it up. That's not even like getting out. So, I mean, like I said, I may have these facts wrong. It was just a quick convo this morning, but. Wasn't terribly happy to hear about that. No. And another thing I wanted to bring up was, and I don't know if this is going to mean anything to you, Geordie. Interesting. Let's see. Love Island. No. Have you been watching? No. Oh, my God. I've felt very emotional over the last couple of days. And anyone who's been watching Love Island... Teddy and Faye, the producers of Love Island, have fucked with these this one couple in the villa. And I'm sorry that I am such a fan. It's my guilty pleasure. I absolutely love Love Island. I love, love, I love... You love islands? I, I love Love Island. It's got everything you need. It does. It, girls in bikinis, hot boys with their tops off. Um, sunshine, when none of us can really get away and it's been raining like a bastard here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's got everything. You know, girls with... Boobs. Yeah. Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> Boob- a lot of boobs. boobs. <laughs> a lot of boobs. But there's this one couple, and they're actually very sweet together, but they do this thing, Casa Amor, where they split the girls and the guys apart into different villas and then they put fresh meat in. Ew. And then they send a postcard back to the girls' villa of what the boys are getting up to. But they completely manipulated the situation, and this poor girl who's – Obviously, very vulnerable, and she even said, "You know, the reason I've had all this plastic surgery is because I I have zero confidence, and men have always cheated on me, and I'm I'm vulnerable. They picked her to kind of fuck with, and you know, she's ended up recoupling with this other boy, and the other one that she was with came back in heartbroken because he didn't couple up with another girl; he Mm. was waiting for her." And there's just been a lot of calls for the emotional manipulation to stop to stop because we all know what happened with Caroline Flack and there are other Love Island contestants who have committed suicide because there's not a lot really? of aftercare. Yeah, there's not a lot of aftercare with these shows. And oh,
0: my God.
1: I just, oh, I thought I could talk to you about it because I'm very no, emotional about sorry. what's going to happen with Faye and Teddy. But I have no idea what who they are. Yeah. Well, look, anyone who, because I think it's airing the same time in Australia, anyone who's also watching it, please feel free to get in touch because I have no one to talk Love Island with and not even you. Soz. So There you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. So what are we talking about today, Michelle? It's quite a heavy-hitting topic, isn't it? Because we did, we have raised it before.
1: We have, and I think I'll flip this over to you because you were the one that felt very passionate about this topic.
0: So I did. It's about atom bomb testing, the testing of atom bombs. So we're not talking about mm. nuclear disasters or anything, or World War Three. We're talking about the establishment of testing the atom bombs. My story is post Hiroshima. Okay. So did you know that from 1946 to 1958, the U- United States tested 67 nuclear weapons in the Marshall Islands? And that's a collection of atolls and islands between Hawaii and Australia, and at the time was under US protection.
1: Okay, I did know a little bit about this. You would
0: have heard of Bikini Atoll. It was chosen for its remote location and it was a strategic place for naval forces because it was far enough away from larger populations to be affected by any of the tests that they were doing. Now, what year are we talking? What years? Uh well there's quite a history of this place okay. because in the nineteen in nineteen fourteen Japan captured the Marshall Islands and built military bases and then in nineteen forty four the US Marine and Army forces defeated the Japanese troops and turned two of the atolls into military bases.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the boy who was channeling the
0: dead spirit Iwo Jima, yes.
1: Yep. Yeah, wasn't that to do with the Marshall Islands? Yes, it, I believe it was. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: yeah. Connection. Yeah. From the previous episode we did which was yes. uh talking to the dead or
1: Talking to the dead and and reincarnation.
0: Yeah, that's it. Spirits in the material world. Spirits in the It was like two episodes ago. The island's indigenous uh, population of Micronesian descent had a population of around 52,000 and have been there for centuries. Okay. The nuclear tests and their fallout had the largest impact on Four northern atolls. Now, I'm going to get these wrong. Bikini, I know how to say. Inuatak, Rongelap, and Utrok. I've probably said them all wrong. I gave it a red hot go.
1: Sounds like New Tropics.
0: I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> good, good, good. Each of which was evacuated due to the radiation from tests with payloads. Michelle, do you know what a payload is?
1: Yes, but maybe you can... Expand.
0: It's the um, the dropping off, dropping off of. It's like a payload is like if you have a lorry full of something, that's the payload, what's inside it. And this is in a, an atom bomb, it is the explosives, I guess. Anyway, payloads of up to one thousand times greater than the bomb dropped at Hiroshima, one thousand times, right? There were twenty three tests at Bikini Atoll and forty four at Inuitak. The ex-bikini residents of 167 were removed to the Rongerik Atoll prior to the tests. When they were moved, they were unable to gather enough food or catch any fish or shellfish to feed themselves in their new environment. The Navy okay. did leave food and water for a few weeks, but then they failed to return in time. They took their sweet time to come back. So what happened to all these people with no food? Well, uh, some visitors... Uh, to Rongarick reported the island, islanders were suffering from malnutrition and potential oh. starvation and by, July, by July and then emaciated by January 1948. <gasps> so this is a whole year. This
1: is like Survivor,
0: but Mm -hmm. without even the rice rations. Awful. It's horrific. That March, they were evacuated again to another atoll and then settled into another uninhabited island called Kili in November. Kili has one-sixth of the land area of Bikini and, more importantly, has no lagoon and no protected harbour. So, unable to practice their native culture of lagoon fishing, they became dependent on food shipments. So, you've completely destabilised an entire community. Thanks. Yeah,
1: they don't give a shit.
0: 1946, Navy Commodore Ben Wyatt met with the 167 residents of Bikini Atoll. He, So this is beforehand, right? He'd mm-hmm. asked the Marshallese to relocate so their home could be used for the good of mankind. So they oh. believed that what they were doing was for the good of mankind. Of mankind. Yeah, they were so sacrificing. So
1: who, who are you to stop? Yeah, had to you know, stand, in of, the, yeah. stand in the way of stand exactly. in the way of good of
0: mankind. Oh, what that's emotional manipulation. Right he, there. Well, he explained to them that they were a chosen people and that perfecting atomic weapons would prevent future wars. Good PR, mate. Nice one. Yeah. They were told they could return one day, but really they had no choice. Residents of Bikini Atoll re- resettled back in Bikini in 1969 but then evacuated in 1978, that's almost 10 years later, after radiation levels were determined to be excessive. What a fuck around for those poor 167 plus residents. Anyway. Yeah. Now we're back in 1946 again. I'm sorry for flipping around the timeline, but so much happened. Operation Crossroads. This is one of the main reasons for the tests, because they wanted to know what would happen to a naval vessel that was in the vicinity of a nuclear explosion. And because of the remote location, like I said, these tests were able to be kept a secret because obviously they didn't want everyone Mm -hmm. knowing about it, especially the Russians. Yeah, the Russians. So animals, they realized they couldn't really use human subjects. So they put animals onto these test ships, pigs, goats, mice and guinea pigs. I've got two guinea pigs. I was really upset. I haven't stopped being able to think about it. I'm very upset. Instant death was determined for up to a mile away from the blast and... I believe that some of them were deemed to be okay. Like if they they were put in different parts of the ship and some of them ended up dying horrifically afterwards. (sighs) But they were giving the wrong information saying that these animals weren't, they were fine and jumping around and then they just dropped dead. But no, they had excruciating deaths, poor things. Of course. Yep, so oh this all happened despite the fact that scientists and diplomats were against it. And the Manhattan Project scientists, the those who did the initial atom bomb testing, they said further testing was unnecessarily unnecessary and environmentally dangerous.
1: Yeah, like, and they didn't fucking listen.
0: No, and they said that the, the water, the studies said the water near the recent surface explosions will be a witch's brew of radioactivity, plus... Animal rights activists were up in arms because these poor things were just being tethered aboard these ships. And I mean, there's just no no care. It's like the ark of death. I know, it really was. 57 guinea pigs, 109 mice, 146 pigs, 176 goats, and 3,030 white rats were placed in 22 target ships in stations normally occupied by humans. 35% of these animals died or were euthanized in the three months following the explosion so they were either killed by an air blast the radiation uh 10 percent were killed by what researchers say part of a later study okay (laughs) that's it doesn't bear thinking about really does it 100 miles east of bikini atoll is rongalap it's a tropical lagoon and they had the first u.s nuclear detonation since hiroshima and nagasaki Hiroshima so this is Operation Crossroads still which was the naval vessels it ended on August the 10th 1946 due to concern over radiation especially to the soldiers involved because there were soldiers you know um, having to clean up the boats afterwards as well and I think they were getting sick one guy ended up bathing in gamma rays because he took a coin as a as a souvenir from one of the ships and slept with it and he was just being absolutely soaked in poison I bet he didn't last long. On the 1st of March, 1954, uh, seven-year-old Nerger, I'm going to call her, Joseph, woke up to see two suns rising over Rongelap Atoll. First, it was the usual sun bobbing over the horizon in the east, and then there was another sun rising from the west. It lit up the horizon, shining orange at first, then turning pink, then disappearing as if it had never been there at all. She and the other 63 inhabitants of Rongelap had no idea what they'd just witnessed. And five hours—you're going to hate this, Michelle—after detonation, it rained fallout. The atoll was covered in a fine white powder, and no one knew it was radioactive. So anyone who's seen Chernobyl in those in that first scene will know what I'm talking about here. The children were playing in it and even eating it. No. Oh,
1: fucking hell.
0: It fell on their homes, contaminating their skin, their water and their food. Uh, Nurja Joseph at the time, this seven-year-old girl, had burns on her head, feet, hands, and later had to have her thyroid removed because of her radiation exposure and spent nearly seven decades taking daily thyroid medication. Oh,
1: my God.
0: This disastrous test happened in 1955 on Rongelap Atoll and saw fallout drift over two inhabited areas. 200 people were exposed. They were immediately affected physically, but also so was the ecosystem. Yeah, so they suffer. Yeah.
1: Oh God, because you know that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, it's grim. Terrific.
0: It's yeah, and we don't know about what all this stuff that's going on. It's terrible. No,
1: no because well, you find out later because it's all. I guess this is all the uh, same with this with what I'm going to talk about. It's all under the cover of the Cold War. Yeah. So they wanted secrecy. Even from the people, it's awful. Yeah, I know.
0: Effects for the locals were burns, radiation, and diseases like dengue fever. The longer-term effects can take decades to manifest. And the residents were only evacuated two days after the test. (gasps) How terrible is that?
1: Major fuck-up. Oh, my God, that's awful.
0: The fallout comprised of pulverized coral and radioactive fallout affected nearby atolls and U.S. servicemen. So they were getting sick as well. Thing is, that area was probably so untouched and wild and beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. And absolutely so sad, isn't it? Yeah. Radioactive material was later found in parts of Japan, India, Australia, Europe, and the United States. This was the worst radiological disaster in US history and caused worldwide backlash against atmospheric nuclear testing. Now we're going three years later from that test in 1957. People were encouraged to return to the atoll, even though the military scientists deemed the area still unsafe. And 20 years later, birth defects and a high incidence of cancer are still being reported. Oh, shit. In 2005, National Cancer Institute stated the risk of cancer to people exposed in this fallout was one in three. In the 80s, which was 30 years after, multiple adult citizens developed cancers and had PTSD. And in 2010... The U.S. National Cancer Institute looked at all the cancers in the atolls and found that 1.6% were directly attributable to the testing. Which I, Stats, they're not really my thing, but I imagine if you're good at maths, you could probably figure out that that's bad.
1: Stat time.
0: I think it's very bad.
1: Stats.
0: Stats. Ultimately, the U.S. negligently gave innocent people cancer.
1: Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. No. I don't even think it was on the radar at that point, was it? That there potentially was testing. So you wouldn't even have an inkling. You wouldn't even have an inkling.
0: Well, if you lived nearby, you would. In 1969, the US began a long-term project to decontaminate Bikini Atoll. They agreed to clean up the island, so they took a crater from an explosion and built a concrete enclosure with a dome to contain the waste, much like what they've done over the Chernobyl um, reactor that okay. went wrong. You have to watch that show, I'm telling you. So I good.
1: know, I keep saying I will, and I. I it, it's because it's... It's dark. Ten hours
0: of viewing it's- of darkness. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: <sighs> also conducted on the islands Michelle. They weren't content with just blowing the shit out of it. They also tested biological weapons like anthrax and it's become a massive Ugh. toxic dump thanks to the US military. Jesus Christ. And they, you know, they're not going to do it on their soil, are they? Well, they did. They were doing it on their soil. They were doing it at a site in Nevada. Um, for a while, and then they stopped, and then they decided to use the atolls. That's what happened. Now, all of the waste from Nevada was picked up, shipped over where to the Bikini Atoll, not Bikini to the to the big toxic dump site on the Marshall Islands.
1: Oh Jesus!
0: That was um, and that was sixty five. That Nevada site was sixty five kilometers. Sorry, one hundred five kilometers northwest of Las Vegas, and la 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 la. I'll go back to talking about the dome. So that dome that mm-hmm. covered up all the waste from Nevada and all of the Marshall Islands was called Runet Dome because it was on the Runet, I think, atoll, and it holds okay. more than thirty-five Olympic-sized swimming pools of radioactive soil and debris, including lethal amounts of plutonium. And the problem with that, Michelle, is that it can leak into the soil, and the and that also the uh, the radiation levels are rivaling that of Chernobyl and Fukushima. And go
1: into the ocean.
0: Well, exactly, I'm afraid.
1: Then it's everywhere. Then it's it's all
0: our problems. It's actually very fucking scary because today that structure has deteriorated so badly, it's in danger of collapse. And (gasps) coupled with the seas rising, they could have implications for all our global health. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. The Marshall Island officials have been lobbying the U.S. government for help, but the officials in America have declined, saying the Dome is on Marshallese land and therefore the responsibility of the Marshallese government. <gasps> I mean, that could be changing, I have to say. I don't know how up to date my info was. The U.S., it says here now, the U.S. are in the process of signing a deal, relinquishing them of responsibility. That was from a podcast I listened to called Stuff That not Want You To Know. Right. That And I don't know when that came out, but that's what they had said.
1: God, they're fucking evil. It's like they make the mess and they don't want to pay don't to, want clean to clean it up. up.
0: No, But then they have established a $150 million compensation trust fund for those affected to help cover health and property damages. But what are they going to do about the rest of the fucking world, this time bomb that we've got? I mean, I was worried yeah. enough about Chernobyl when I saw that TV show. I thought, oh, my God, I forgot that was there. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. On the U.S. Embassy website, it does explain that the U.S. government is committed to a full and open collaboration with the Republic of the Marshall Islands in radiological monitoring, rehabilitation of affected atolls, and nuclear-related health care assistance.
1: Okay. Again, that's just PR bullshit because basically they fucking polluted it and now they don't want to pay to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Governments want to wash their hands of their dirty their dirty politics
0: exactly and now they've got this tomb on on their on their land and even though the u.s says that they never wanted to hurt anybody especially you know the 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 marshallese they have lost everything they have lost their homes they have lost their health they have lost their culture they're now out of touch with their own culture it's just been an absolute fuck up and then under and they're underrepresented so yeah anyway that's my story Oh
1: fucking hell!
0: Sorry, it's a bit sad.
1: Well, I mean, mine's not any better because you know when when we had talked to you, it said, "Oh, you know, we're gonna, I'm gonna look at atom bomb testing," and you said, "How about you look into Maralinga?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, all right." And look, growing up in Australia, certainly we always heard about Maralinga but I
0: can't say that I actually knew too much about it Well I knew one thing about it which has haunted me ever since that they thought that they you may cover this in your story but they thought they had cleared the site but then after the tests they found an Aboriginal elder wandering and he had burns and he had been obviously in the vicinity when the tests had gone off so they weren't very thorough
1: No I didn't know about that. Basically I just did some research and You know, this is an ongoing story which, a bit like what's going on in the Marshall Islands, I don't know how they're ever going to clean this shit up because it's toxic. It's a time bomb waiting to go off and poor old Australia just got fucked over. I'll give you a little potted history of, of what I'm talking about. So, Maralinga is sort of a remote western part of South Australia's Great Victoria Desert. And I've I've never been there, but I was looking at pictures of it when I was doing this research. And it's, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. It's red soil, you know, it's scrubby, it's pretty sparse. It's kind of bleakly beautiful, but not much there. And I guess the reason they probably chose this location is because they'd taken it away from the Aboriginals and hmm. they thought it was just basically... Empty, empty desert, nothing going on. So between 1956 and 1963, the British government used Maralinga as a test site for atom bombs and plutonium testing. A little bit like your story, to, to give this some context, the world was in the grip of the Cold War at the time. So, you know, basically America versus Russia. And it seems that from what I read, Britain wanted to become... Not so much a superpower, but it definitely wanted to not be a target if shit went down between America and Russia. So they asked America to share their knowledge about how to create nuclear bombs and what the effects were and whatnot. But the US were like, no, not not interested, unless there was some kind of collaboration. Mm. So the British government offered Australia as an incentive to the US, basically telling the US they could test their nuclear technology in Australia and report back the findings to the US. So everyone could benefit, except Mm -hmm. there were no benefits to Australia from this. Mm. And apparently Robert Menzies, who was Australia's Liberal Party prime minister at the time, uh, when approached about this, just said yes straight away (sighs) without even discussing the decision with the cabinet. Um because which is I mean I don't even know if that's fucking legal, no, but it doesn't he just sound like it, no, not at all, but uh the speculation that at the time Robert Menzies was hoping that by agreeing to these tests that Australia might sort of have some kind of nuclear power influence if it could share the British atomic technology that they had been working on or have some kind of kind of advantage, I guess if. Britain stationed their nuclear weapons on Australian soil because and I guess we have to remember this too at the time. I think the Western world genuinely thought there could be a third world war, oh, yeah. and if there was, it was going to be a nuclear war, yeah, and everybody wanted to have an advantage, you know it's it's hard to put yourself into that mindset because it's so far from what we are now, but it was it was real and it was scary. So, that's sort of the context of of why this happened. So, between 1952 and 1963, Britain detonated three atomic explosions at the Montebello Islands off the coast of Western Australia, mm-hmm. seven at Maralinga, and two at Emu Field, both of which are next to the Woomera Rocket Range, which is about a thousand k northwest of Adelaide. So to put that in context, like you said, one of the atomic bombs that they did detonate at Maralinga was twice the size of the bomb they dropped on Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking devastating. And then more than that, the one of the things the British government really wanted to do was to study how different atomic bombs might behave in different situations. So even though those... Atomic tests were only three at Montebello, seven at Maralinga, two at Emu Field. Aside from that, they did hundreds and hundreds of tests, where basically British scientists blew up with dynamite, plutonium, with radioactive shit attached to it. Because and they called them minor trials. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see this
0: because sounds like a dirty
1: bomb. Yeah, because uh, at the time, they were minor trials because they weren't atomic. But actually, because they were using plutonium, these plutonium tests caused the worst contamination. In particular, there were 12 explosions where they shot off jets of molten plutonium more than 1,000 metres into the air. And these were what actually spread the contamination.
0: Because it exploded in the air. Yep. Right. So it was
1: really shit for the environment and really mm. shit for anyone living nearby. And look, I mentioned before the Woomera Rocket Range.
0: Yes, I was hoping you'd get back to that because what's that?
1: Yeah, basically they were testing, yeah, they were testing atomic bombs and blowing up plutonium at Maralinga and Emu Field. And the reason that Woomera was important was because it's next door to mm-hmm. those those locations. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and they were testing missiles at Woomera that would oh. carry the bombs with all of this shit in it. So Eef. they were doing missile and rocket testing at Woomera. And I read actually that one rocket was called um, the Blue String. The String? <laughs> what, <laughs> what did you say? saying? <laughs> blue String? <laughs> the Blue streak, Not a stake, a streak. And that was I thought fired. you said Blue String. String? oh dear that was testified right across the middle of australia from woomera to the indian ocean south of broome which apparently is the same distance as from london to moscow so not a coincidence with that distance at all i see
0: what they're aiming for
1: Yeah. yeah everything was strategic yeah really strategic but you know, some of these Blue Streak rockets actually crashed into the West Australian desert, didn't make it into the ocean, which I'm not sure that they even thought about the fact that some of them might not make it all the way and how, quite frankly. To be honest, I don't want it in the ocean
0: either. I know. Yeah. like
1: They weren't thinking about what kind of fucking pollution this is yes. going to cause. So there was a Royal Commission called the McClelland Royal Commission into the British nuclear testing. This is sort of moving forward a little bit. And it was revealed in this um, Royal Commission that the British really did not give a fuck about whether the weather conditions when they were doing any of these bomb tests oh, were conducive or like in the right conditions. They were just fucking going willy-nilly, help for leather with it. And that the fallout from the bombs was carried... Much further than the anticipated hundred-mile mm. radius that mm-hmm. both countries agreed to. Quite frankly, a hundred miles is still fucking far. Yeah. Um. So it meant that a lot of this these radioactive particles blew as far as Townsville, Brisbane, Sydney, Oops. and Adelaide. Oh my god! Big pop like population centres, and no one was ever told about it. Plus, and this is really sickening. There are big question marks hanging over the testing as to whether people working at the test sites were deliberately exposed to radiation. Oh, no. A little bit like what you said. You know, there were servicemen and government officials Mm. working on these sites because you have to. And apparently, the British government was interested in knowing medically how radioactivity affected. the human human body body. yeah so it there is there is a question mark over over that which is i'm going to
0: refer you back to chernobyl and say watch out when you're watching it because towards the end it does get really graphic and really awful
1: well i've got another bit of a trigger warning coming up but that look there's this really great article on the abc website which is australian broadcasting commission for anyone who's not in australia that's what abc means and I'll link to it in in the show notes, but there's a guy called Professor David Lowe who is the Chair of Contemporary History at Deakin University in Australia. And he said that there are loads of documents relating to the testing. And this interest in how all of that affects humans, those documents are still to this day restricted. He says you can't get your hands on everything that they have. and We need the black vault guy. Yeah, we do. And it's quite likely that basically the British and the Australian governments are going to make sure that those documents remain restricted forever, which is fucking terrifying because you just have to wonder what the hell's in it. And now I'm actually going to mention something which is really fucking distressing. So is this a trigger warning? warning? Trigger
0: warning. Warning. Trigger warning. Look out. Trigger. Oh, my goodness, War chips. Brace yourself, Mavis. Trigger warning.
1: So, apparently the testing at Maralinga was connected to uh, this kind of body-snatching project oh? between Britain, America and Australia. And it was called Project Sunshine.
0: I hate it already.
1: <sighs> yeah, where the bones of dead babies were exhumed. Oh. What? without the consent of the parents right so in Britain Australia and in America they were unearthing recently like deceased babies taking their bones and placing them into the atomic test sites because they wanted scientists well scientists wanted to examine how much radioactive strontium-90 was absorbed by human bones and what the effects of testing or actually the atomic bomb if it ever went off might be and it's absolutely fucking horrific because Mm. apparently you know there were people uh, saying things like oh you know i wasn't allowed to to see my baby before they were before it was buried and you know closed caskets were the babies even in there you know right. it's just oh, really horrific yeah for the families so going back to what you had talked about with cancer apparently 30 percent of the british and australian servicemen exposed to the blasts at maralinga and at emu field and at woomera died of cancer and back in 84 with the mcclellan royal commission they said it was 30 percent but then, to kind of cover their asses, they said they were unable to conclude that each case was actually specifically caused by the tests. Right. And, you know, it's it's just a bit shit. You know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to get their hands dirty with this. So the British government wrapped up all the testing in 1964 and they, they launched Operation Hercules, which was just a really fucking shonky clean-up. And the government... The Australian government weren't very happy about it. So in 1967, they, they were like, you need to clean this up again. And that was called Operation Brumby. And they dug 21 pits, um, which were around 16 metres deep. And they filled it with, you know, soil and contaminated equipment and then covered it with 650 tonnes of concrete, which, like you were saying about that dome, honestly that just sounds like a shit way to clean up a site because like we talked about before is there even really a way to clean up a radioactive site i actually don't think you can undo the effects of radioactive testing simply by burying it because it's a bit of
0: a pandora's box isn't it it it? once it's out there yeah and it's
1: a it's a ticking time bomb because you know all it takes is for something to rupture or like you say the degradation of the concrete and it you're just delaying this problem so you know it's just like a concrete band-aid over basically Mm -hmm. a wound that's never going to heal because this is going to come back and come back yeah but look i'm not an environmental scientist so i really don't know but you know another thing with marilinga is that apparently they they plowed up around two square kilometres of land around the firing site in an attempt to reduce the effects of surface contamination, which actually disseminated the contamination further because they were just digging oh, it up. Shit. Oh, because it was becoming airborne. So, you know, they just were fucking up left, right, and centre. Oh, and then man. in 1968, the British said, yep, great, we've cleaned it all up. And this doesn't sound like much, but there were 20 kilos of plutonium, no, sorry, 22. Kilos of plutonium used, which is actually a fuckload of plutonium, right. And they reckoned twenty of those twenty-two kilos were buried in the pits, and on the basis what happened to the other two, oh, they were fired up in the air and whatever. Oh, I see, so, right. So on the basis of this study, by the way, which the the Brits, the British government, put together, they made the Australian government sign an agreement saying it was satisfied with the cleanup. And that the agreement released Britain from all liabilities and responsibilities. Oh, there we go. Right. At Maralinga. Uh huh. Which was really shit for Australia. It's not cool. Be- no, because of course it wasn't fucking cleaned up. And then in 1993. Australia got hold of declassified information from the Americans, which led them to believe that the contamination at Maralinga was way worse than the British had admitted to. Oh, and that no. the 21 pits actually contained fuck all plutonium. And <gasps> that actually the plutonium the, that was used was 10 times more than the British said it was. Oh and it was actually God. spread over way much more of the land than they said. So – and this is back in 1993. And the uh, Australian government just said, listen, if if we'd known exactly the full extent of this, first of all, we would never have signed that agreement saying a mm-hmm. clean-up was okay and we certainly wouldn't have, you know, like so released it, you of all the responsibility. Yeah. yeah, they, they were, were completely. Salt. So – and actually, interesting that you talk about Nevada because um, the Americans, when they did those tests in Nevada in the early 60s, it was codenamed Roller Coaster. I'm not sure if that's the same as what you were talking about. But it showed that the plutonium would have been dispersed over a greater distance than what the British had told the Australians it uh. would be dispersed over. So basically, they the the British had this information – just conveniently didn't tell the Australians oh, and now we're sort of, pre- you know, paying the price for it. Yes. And look, and it's all pretty hazy, but the upshot is this. All Australia got out of this Maralinga testing was help to build the Lucas Heights reactor, which was a big fucking deal. Nobody wanted it, but they got help from the British government in, in building that and they got a big fucking radioactive mess to clean up because no one cared about the land. And there's still one spot called Cooley, Kuli, K-U-L-I, which is still off limits even today because it's oh been impossible to clean up. And apparently if you go there, there's still this one kilometre radius around the main testing site uh-huh. where there's literally not a blade of anything growing. No, No grass, no scrub, nothing. It's just uh-huh. completely... Barrett. What
0: have we done humans? Yes, yeah,
1: because and the Aboriginal people who live there, because actually the government gave back the land to the Maralinga. Oh, thanks, and now you've shat on it. Charutja, I'm sorry if I pronounce Charutja that wrong. Charutja people. It's, yeah and, and by the way, like they, God knows if they even cared if they were on that land or not but they got 13 million in compensation for the loss of wow. their land when it was mm-hmm. finally given back to them in 1984. 13 mm. mil. What are you fucking going to do with thirteen million? That's nothing when, like you said, those people Displaced. have lost their land, their the the soil culture. is contaminated, their culture, their health, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not even cleaned up properly. So, after the Australian government went head to head with the British about being tricked into signing that shitty cleanup deal in the sixties. They, there was a better cleanup that happened between 1995 and 2000, and it cost more than 100 million. And Australia had to pay 75 million of that. <gasps> so the Brits were still just kind of token. Shirking. Yeah. So, really, we got fuck all out of that deal, except misery and contamination of around 400,000 cubic meters of plutonium contaminated soil
0: it's very depressing because where is there on this planet that is not touched by these nuclear testing nuclear test sites or in the case of fukushima and chernobyl you know reactors gone wrong where now they you know that town's had to leave and there's a massive great big dome over that as well it's everywhere we need to just live with it i guess like coronavirus
1: well but there's nothing else we can do and we just have to hope in in you know times to come that scientists can find a way to to actually neutralize or clean up or whatever it is because it's it's really scary like this this legacy that we're leaving for yeah. future generations to have to clean up um, our messes but How embarrassing but also i feel like nuclear energy it, it people are so terrified of it because of this history yeah. we have but really i think it's the only way forward in terms of how we as humans are going to be able to ha- create well you can't create energy but how to harness energy in the future
0: i kind of agree you know michelle even though i was raised fearful of anything with the word nuclear in it yeah when you look deeper into it it's actually probably the cleanest form of energy that we as humans can use it doesn't make yep. a mark on the environment well, unless something goes wrong yeah in the reactors.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing, you know. It's all it's all risk. It's all yeah. risk factors, and I don't know what what the answer is to any of it. Mm. But it's it's completely terrifying. And as you say, you know, we were raised scared um, because you know, Maralinga was always a, a dirty word. You know, we knew mm. something bad was going there. But I certainly, until I was looking into it, did not know the depth of how fucked it is. And you know, it's so. It's so close to Adelaide and those, you know, the Aboriginal population that's living there. Like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's your land back. And, yeah. oh, by the Panked. way, it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just awful. So I, I don't have yeah. any solutions. I don't have any answers. Sorry to terrify anyone listening. But, yeah. It's, it's very Mad Max, isn't it? It is
0: a bit. Gosh, do you know what? You bring up Mel Gibson a lot, don't you? Mel Gibson. I forgot he was in it, to be honest. Because Tom, <laughs> Tom Hardy Cox is in that one as well, in the new oh. one.
1: You love saying Tom Hardy Cox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why did I think his name was Tom Cox? He's Tom Hardy? Yeah, I know, but why did uh, I think his name was Tom Cox? Did I think his name was Cox? It, it was wasn't it just a little joke on Hard Cox? I yes. don't know. <laughs> I didn't think his name was hardcock. though. <laughs> oh, what you. a pair of two feather feather brains feather brain
1: Females clucking away. Honestly,
0: <laughs> we do cluck. And now we can all get some sleep.
1: It's a Clayton's moment. The, the drinker
0: drink having not having a drink. Good on you, Tomo. <laughs> anyway, well, listen, yeah. Michelle, that was a great uh, roundup of what was going what happened. I was really interested to hear that because I've always wanted to know, actually. I'm sure there's more horrible things to be told about that particular incident in Australia's history and the Marshall Islands. It's a dark stain on Australia's history, and I feel I do feel bad
1: because I feel like we at the time had a prime minister who just went, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's get in with the with yeah. the Brits and the Americans and just give yeah. give our land for this testing. We didn't fucking have to, you know, no. just for what we got nothing out of that deal.
0: It's so shit. Ignorance, ignorance, because they didn't know at the time if, you know, at that age, in that time, Mm. people just weren't aware. They thought this was the next new thing and they thought this was the right thing to be doing and how wrong were they?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't had a third world war, thank God. You know, we haven't been blown up by nuclear
0: bombs. Oh, don't even say it because I'll have nightmares again. I'll have all my 10-year-old nightmares again. (laughs) So what are you up to for the rest of your eavesdropping day? Well, I think I'm gonna to have to have a little lie down after all the gin that I drank last night with my friends. Oh, that's very nice. I was out yeah. till late drinking
1: lots of red wine in the rain. Oh. Yeah, it's pissing it down here. Yeah,
0: same what here. happened yep. to our summer? I don't know. Just bring it back, please. Let's uh let's wrap it up for now and tell all our eavesdroppers that we'll see them or hear them. You'll hear us even. Yeah. Again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> next week on eavesdropping and also guys really if you have any story you want to cover if you have any us. comments like robust you know you can get in touch yeah. even on youtube leave a comment yes. we
0: love it we absolutely try love try not it. to be too nasty but you know we do <laughs> like to hear from you <laughs> we have feelings we do have feelings, Robass. Yeah, you know,
1: on all the socials, com. That's right. Uh, hello, com if you want to email us. We've actually got a little uh, community message, haven't we, coming out soon?
0: Have we? Oh, yeah, we do. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> You put it together.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be trying to get all of our eavesdroppers. If you wouldn't mind, if you love us, please, can you share our link and share the pod, like wherever you listen to us, just forward it to three friends. That's all I ask of you. Tell your friends, I listen to this. I love it. And tell your friends, please. We
1: just want it to be like coronavirus, but for eavesdropping. Yes, spread. Be super spreaders,
0: please. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next time on eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.